Welcome to the ElectionWise podcast. I'm Curtis Gilbert. And I'm Molly Bloom. Each week we dig up answers to your questions about the election, the candidates, or the issues. This week's question comes from Ingrid Nuttall of Minneapolis, and it's about the ongoing battle for the Democratic presidential nomination between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. So I've noticed that the Democrats seem really intent on figuring out who the nominee is going to be before the convention. It doesn't seem like it always used to be that way. And I'm wondering why they're so intent on figuring out who's going to run against John McCain before the convention. Why can't we just wait until it happens and see who wins? And to answer Ingrid's question, we talked to Henry Brady. He's a political scientist at the University of California, Berkeley, and political conventions are one of his areas of expertise. Professor Brady says there are two big reasons that the Democrats are worried about letting this nomination battle drag all the way to the convention. One is that the history of conventions recently that had to decide about who's going to be the nominee of the party is that they've led uh, ultimately to the party losing the election. Yeah, that's what happened in 1968 with the Democrats. Their nominee was decided at the convention. They went on to lose the election. Same thing happened to the Republicans in 1976. Another reason, I think, is that increasingly the campaign has actually started during the summer. In recent elections, uh, over half the advertisements have actually occurred before Labor Day. This is a real change. Labor Day was traditionally the start of the political campaign season, but in 2004, for instance, the race basically started in March. But Ingrid is right. It didn't always used to be this way. We used to have brokered conventions all the time. Brokered conventions? Uh, It's like a real estate broker. We've seen your offer, but uh, you're going to have to raise it significantly. Like you're trying to work out some kind of agreement. In the old days, the notion was that there were a bunch of people who got in the back rooms, uh, smoked cigars, and made deals. Yes, there were actually smoke-filled rooms, and the term was coined by a reporter in 1920. Harding of Ohio was chosen by a group of men in a smoke-filled room early today. Smoke-filled room? Brilliant! That year, the Republican nomination was basically deadlocked, so the GOP power brokers gathered in a room, and they decided to throw all their support behind Warren G. Harding, even though he was running a distant fourth among the delegates. But smoke-filled rooms fell by the wayside in 1968, when reforms were put into place to put the power more in the hands of the people through primaries and caucuses. And the people... From a small number of states. Yes, have been making their choice earlier and earlier. Since around 1972... The process has been designed to be decisive and to choose a particular nominee. Now, the Democrats this year, because they went so far towards having the delegates being proportional to the vote in the primaries in many of the states, have actually put themselves in a situation where the primary process has not been decisive. So it may come down to the Democratic Party leaders and elected officials, better known as superdelegates. <laughs> And superdelegates are also a more recent addition to the process. They've only been around since the early 80s. So the notion was to actually pull back from the idea that the base of the party would make the decision and allow more of the political experts to make that decision. So it sounds like we're back to the smoke-filled rooms. Yeah, the only difference is they want the brokering out of the way well before the convention. But if the rank-and-file Democrats can't come to a consensus, why do we think the superdelegates will be able to? It's a good question, but Henry Brady wants us to remember that superdelegates are all basically at their heart, politicians. They're used to making deals, and they understand the importance of doing that. So I think that's the reason they'll be able to come to some conclusion. So that's why Professor Brady thinks it's likely that this will be settled before the convention. But he's not 100% sure. Well, of course, I'm really surprised to see that we still have two candidates in the running 
in this primary process. I've always said that we're never going to have another brokered convention, so given my surprise about getting here, maybe we might someday. Many thanks to Professor Henry Brady for keeping Ingrid Nuttall's brokered convention hopes alive, if ever so faintly. And many thanks to our editor and leading man, Mike Mulcahy. This has been the Election Wise Podcast. If you have a question about the election, the candidates, or the issues, send it to us on our website, minnesotapublicradio.org. Just go to the programs menu and click Election Wise. It's a lot of fun to do. You can also phone in your question if you like. The number is 651-228-4844. For Minnesota Public Radio News, I'm Curtis Gilbert. And I'm Molly Bloom. Is that good? It's only good when people listen. But if people don't listen to it, then it's no good.